Enzo. And this is the Pop Style Opinion Fest. Hello, kittens. Welcome back to another edition of the PSO. I am the T in your Tilo, Tom Fitzgerald. And I'm here with the low in your Tilo, Lorenzo Marquez, my lovely husband. Hello. Um, we're not even going to be coy about this at all. <laughs> this entire podcast oh is being turned over to the Harry and Meghan interview with Oprah, which aired last night and from which everyone is reeling. Um, I will say that we're going to do a couple, a little bit of introductory stuff here. Okay. Um, I, when we decided not to do a podcast at the end of last week, because we were swamped with Golden Globes coverage and we both were like, you know what? The Harry and Meghan thing's airing on Sunday night. We'll just do a podcast on Monday. Over the weekend, I started regretting that decision because I was like, maybe we're just buying too much into this whole story and making Mm -hmm. it too much our brand or something like it. Maybe we're just, you know, whatever. It's just an interview. And I said, we said a couple of times on social media, I believe we said it the last time we talked about Meghan and Harry on the podcast, which was like two weeks ago, hence my somewhat reluctance to do this again. We said that... um, we didn't think this was going to be some big explosive thing right. because, you know, they're too whatever, smooth or, or or whatever. And I have to publicly admit how wrong. I mean, I was really wrong on that. Um, and I think a lot of people were left reeling last night um, because this was a lot more explosive than I expected it to be. For one, I did not we're not we're not going to litigate every single thing that was said we will get into some of the stuff later on but just in a general overview sense i did not expect it the focus to be on the family i thought it was going to be on british you know society being racist or on um the media and how they were treated by the media and all of that was in there but the real focus of the of the entire interview was them litigating shit with his family right and a lot of people this morning uh, are talking about Princess Diana's famous 1995 panorama interview uh, where Martin, the journalist Martin Bashir interviewed her. Famous. I mean, everyone knows that interview. It's the one where she said, you know, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was kind of crowded. Everyone was talking about that this morning. And it's really hard not to see the parallels. Uh, but I actually think... What Meghan and Harry are talking about is even more explosive than anything Diana said 25 years. I mean, at the end of the day, Diana was uh, a jilted wife. She was upset about uh, a husband that had uh, humiliated her. And that was the basis of so much of our anger. But Harry and Meghan are like, we're going to talk about society and racism and the in- the flaws in this institution and privilege and that right. sort of thing. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it's Meghan. Um, she... She represents everything that they talk about, you know, like she's a black woman. She's right. she's from another country. She's an actress. She she has a child. You know, I mean, she doesn't have a no. I mean, she was she's divorced. Sorry. She she's divorced. You know, all of these things that right. uh, people like to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So it just it it just brought up all the stuff that they that they are mm-hmm. but more open and and not just them but also the press i think the combination of the family um being the way they they've been together with the uh press just made things you know a lot worse for yeah. them, for, for the two of them and the reason why they couldn't take it anymore and she talks about that a lot like she keeps saying the word protected you know they 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 decided not to protect them and you know 
it does sound a little like it's just physically, but it, it it's emotionally everything. Right. I mean, they weren't behind the the two of them, uh, protecting them in any way, and and I think that's that's the problem. Oh, our, I'm not even gonna say her name. Our because if I do say her name, she'll come running. But <laughs> yes. our loudest, most opinionated feline is making herself known. She has an opinion. Once again, I apologize for that. Um, uh, before we get into the specifics of what they talked about and our our thoughts about a lot of it, I do want to take a step back and recognize what a lot of people recognized last night or uh, needed reminding on, which is that no one does it as good as Oprah. Um, that was an extremely well executed interview. She did an extremely good job. I, 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 I do want to get to this for in this overview part of it, which is the idea that um, Oprah started off the interview by saying that uh, she cleared nothing with them ahead of time, and, right. and that none of the um, nothing was off limits, that she was free to, to ask anything she wanted, which means that this uh, interview was not coordinated in any way. It was a true journalistic enterprise. Um, I hate this cat so much. I hate her. I hate this cat so much right now. Um, and I just want to say to anyone who might be uh, um, skeptical about anything that was said last night or who, who want to suggest that this was a very smooth bit of PR on, on Harry and Meghan's part. We'll get to that because we're not completely uncritical about this. However, uh, I think Oprah showed uh, the high level of her professionalism last night, the high level of her skill last night and reminded people that she has been doing this for 40 years, right. more than 40 years. And, um, if Oprah says that she abided by journalistic principles, that she abided by the ethics of, of journalistic uh, interviewing, which is to say that she didn't clear anything ahead of time, um, I absolutely believe her. There is no reason not to believe her. I, Harry and Meghan did not sit down knowing ahead of time exactly what Oprah was no, going to ask them. I, I don't believe that, but I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was some compromise that we were not going to talk about this or whatever there were there, i mean there, there must have been some she said nothing was off limits well the thing is that uh, it's oprah um so people respect oprah they're afraid of her <laughs> you know, and they, i also think there's they, certain uh, she's smart enough not to ask questions that she knows they're not going to right. want to answer she understands the the seriousness of of the uh, you know the interview right. she understood that and she you know she knew what she was doing and what that would mean the next day yeah it was know, just extremely um, we talked a bit, I, I mentioned this back when we were talking about Britney Spears a couple of weeks back and that famous Diane Sawyer interview, uh, came out and I said, I couldn't stand the way back in the day, Diane Sawyer and, uh, Barbara Walters used to interview people because they would have this like faux, right. they would pretend to be ignorant and faux shock and all this stuff and everything. And, uh, that's not what Oprah's like. She's very probing. And the few times that she was shocked, I mean, she was literally shocked when, and we'll get into this, when Megan dropped the bomb that, that people were speculating about the color of Archie's skin. Um, that was a true, I think that was just a legitimate moment. Like, uh, Oprah really was shocked. This wasn't some faux thing. I think she was more shocked that she admitted it. Uh, Maybe. Than, than the fact that people were questioning that. I mean, come on, that's that's a given. You know, people will do that. I mean, people are horrible, and they'll do that. Right. Um, so... So I think she was just more shocked that, uh, 
you know, that we're talking about. It, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, before we get into the nitty and the gritty, of which there is quite a bit, uh, let's take a moment and joyfully talk about the socks we are both wearing yeah. today, the socks that we wear practically every day of the week. Bombas, which is sponsoring this portion of the podcast, Bombas makes the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They've literally rethought every little detail of the socks we wear to make them way more comfortable. And if you've been listening to me talk for any length of time, you've heard me talk about my Bombas socks. Love them for working out. Love them for lounging around the house. Love them when you are going out for a long walk right. or something. They're so supportive. They, they hug really your are. arch. Yeah. There's no seam across the toe to irritate you. They're the kind of sock that they're so well-shaped when you pull them on, the, the heel snaps right into place. Like, it's not some weird thing where you have to twist it no, to get it, it on your it, foot. It, it, it's shaped. It's practically like, molded to you. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's in fun colors. And the wool socks are, we, I was just saying the other day, we're in this weird period where it's, we're not quite spring, but it's still cold around the house. And the two of us have start, sort of graduated over to from sweatpants to, to wearing uh, shorts around the house. And you were saying the other night it was so cold. And I was like, the perfect thing is in this kind of weather is a pair of shorts and a pair of wool bomba socks because they will warm your whole lower half. Um, anyway, but these socks do more than keep feet cozy. They help give back to the most vulnerable members of our community because for every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. The generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 34 million pairs of socks and counting through their nationwide network of 3,000 plus giving partners. And the impact is more powerful than ever. To those experiencing homelessness, these socks represent the dignity of putting on clean clothes, a small comfort that's a especially important right now. So, give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash T-L-O. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash T-L-O for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash T-L-O. All right, back to the bombshells. Um... I honestly thought, again, about impressions, uh -huh. I thought this was going to be some soft core, like, you know how, like, it was Oprah and, and Megan feeding the chickens and that sort of thing? Like, I thought it was going to be 60% of that, like, just walking around and showing us their lovely house and everything, but it really wasn't. In retrospect, think about it, for all the talk those people have uh, about those two for being crass, they made sure Archie was pretty much off camera for 99% of it. It was not about their son, and they really are being right. very protective of him. Um, now, let's let's talk about it. Um, I thought it was, let me just, in go general, ahead. I'm in general I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit here with my computer and listen to You that. were dead silent. But then I was like, all right, this is interesting. Um, I... Not a fan of both, I'm not going to lie. Um, and that's okay. Uh, I think they, yeah, they're, they want to be out there. Let me put it this way. Um, and um, so I, I was like, of course, they're going to, you know, have an interview with Oprah, um, which is totally fine. I mean, you know, it's Oprah and they, they need to promote whatever they're, they're doing. Um, but it then got interesting because Oprah, I mean, I'm sure she felt the pressure to have to ask certain questions. She could not just not ask them, you know, right, right, right. um, certain questions about the family and about why they laughed. And, 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 and I'm, I'm glad that in the beginning, she kind of corner, uh, Megan a little asking, you know, 
So you you, you telling me that you didn't know anything about it? That right. you didn't know? You, she did challenge her on a couple of things. Right. Because I, I did think at the beginning, like the first five minutes or 10 minutes, I was like, oh my God, this this is not going well. When she started saying that, well, I had no idea what the royal family was all about. And I'm like, And she didn't know on. she had a curtsy for the queen. And yeah, everything. I'm like, come on. Even I know that there there's, you know, it's a hellhole there. <laughs> and before anyone, like, look, you have to... Because temperature is running right, very high around Meghan and Harry right now. It's it's okay to approach any interview like this with a skeptical ear and eye. And it's, I'd, I'm not going to speak for you, but it's not that you're calling Meghan a liar here. No, it's no, one no, of those no, no. things where you have a certain image of yourself, a certain self-regard, and that's what you project. And believe me, we know this. We know this because we used to conduct on a much lower level than Oprah celebrity interviews. And we have also been interviewed ourselves by journalists. And you catch yourself giving a very self-flattering version the thing of is yourself. That they, they, I'm not saying they were coached. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But trained, and we'll get into that. Or Harry or has whatever. been trained. But they knew exactly what they were going to say to and get, what they weren't going to say. Yes, and and what they were going to say to get what they wanted to come out, right? Uh, or come across. Um, like when she does the whole thing, uh, you know, I didn't know anything about the royal family, blah, blah, blah. What she's trying to establish there is that she was naive. And I and I don't think she's lying. I right, think but I, I don't believe she didn't know she was supposed to curtsy right, for the but, queen. But she used that yeah. as the tool to right. establish that she was naive in the beginning and then she really didn't know what to expect. To a certain extent, I believe her. But I do. I, I believe 95% of what she said. Right. But as someone, I don't know, with an internet, <laughs> with with a computer and internet, uh, right. you know more. Right. Um, so, yeah, I didn't quite buy that. But again, I mean, I'm sure that it's like, I don't know, it's like a reality TV show, whatever people say, you know, when you're here, it, it's completely different. So right. I'm sure that when you're there... Absolutely, uh, no are, one could are know. far worse than 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 you imagine. Yes, and I think that was her point more than anything else. But she sort of told it in a very self flattering way, which just didn't look very believable. She she try every now and then. Um, I'm just I'm just I'm I'm not going after her. I'm just explaining that how I felt watching it. But there are certain things like like she tried to to play it like you know I'm gonna see my you know his grandma. You know, type of thing. I'm gonna, gonna, like, oh, you I'm lost gonna, me on that. I'm gonna meet his family, and it's just a family. You know, like I'm, I'm, I'm dating, I'm dating this guy, and I'm gonna meet his family, type of thing. And you know, it's the royal family. It's, a, it's different. So there are certain expectations, and I think not knowing what to do or not saying that you didn't expect certain, expect certain things. I don't know. I, I think you're playing here. Right. But I do believe that. When she got there, she realized that it was far worse than she imagined. That, yeah. yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, let's talk about the um, the question of training. I felt that this was... I always felt that Megan was very good uh, on camera. She was good in the few interviews I've seen her do. She was very smooth. Her, her words were usually very, pardon me, carefully chosen. Um, and I've always felt that Harry had issues on camera, that he always, like a lot of his family, he comes off very flustered on camera, mm-hmm. he comes off very defensive on camera, very wary on camera. He inherited that from his from his father, from his grandmother, from the whole family. Um, no, Neither of her sons, neither of Diana's sons inherited her ease with being on camera. 
Um, cause uh, Williams is so stuffy and, and he seems 30 years older than his age in the same way Charles did at the same age. Right. And Harry does, he gets red faced. You can tell at times there, he's suppressing a certain amount of frustration and that mm-hmm. not coming, but uh, there was none of that last night. Um, he was extremely smooth in his answers, extremely smooth in his affect when he was talking about stuff that would have had to have been ex- very emotional for him right. and very hard for him to do. He talked about his mother. and I mean, he talk- he did all of it in a way I don't think we've ever seen him do on camera. <coughs> Pardon me. And he, um, I-, I do feel that his time in America, his time in in one of America's two centers of media, which is Los Angeles and the other one being New York, where he was surrounded by the very best uh, media training he could have possibly gotten. I'm pretty sure Harry got some media training in the time he's been out of the spotlight. Of course, when you're that famous and you're trying to achieve what they are trying to achieve, you don't just sit down and talk. And the Royals are not given appropriate media training. They never have been. They're just, they use courtiers and aides and stuff to navigate that. this is America. You know, you you, you learn these things. Right. You, You pay people to train you. Right. So um, I do feel like uh, they've been working on their message. Mm-hmm. Again, none of this is because people get so red hot about these two. None of this is a claim that they're lying or that they're untrustworthy. If anything, it's it's admiration of how smart they're being about this. Um, they had to know that in, if they were going to proceed with an interview where they were going to say what they wound up saying last night, they had to know that the presentation had to be flawless. Um, and they had to make sure they didn't come off angry, and they had to make sure they understood what was said and what was withheld. Um, Like, just look at the masterful way Harry let it drop at the end of an answer that his father stopped uh, accepting his phone call. Right. And Oprah had to go back to that point and get him to elaborate. He's not dumb. Like, that was, yeah, that was image craft that was right. building a narrative in such a way like i'm gonna make oprah come back and ask me this question so i can elaborate on this bombshell go ahead right i mean they i mean they have to be careful what they say i mean there's there are lawsuits there are all kinds of things that can you know happen because you open your mouth and and you said something you just have to be careful i'm sure they were trained in a way they were told what you know what not that they, what they should say or, or not say, but if they said something, you know, X and Y and Z would happen or whatever, you know, like they, I'm sure they were aware of the consequences of everything they, that they they were going to say or, or chose to say. Um, it was very clear. I mean, you can tell. As, as, yeah, I, I, I'm going to be honest here. I never, I don't think I've ever watched more than five minutes of them talking. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So I, it was a long time listening to them, listening right. to their voice. It was funny because I was like, oh, I've never actually heard their voices um, talking. And mm-hmm. so she, you're right. She's very, very uh, cle- um, elo- smooth, smooth, eloquent, and she, she, she's very good with her words, and she can actually, she's very good at, exp- at expressing how she feels, and right. and I, I really like that. And and he's a little more, sh- I wouldn't say shy, but more reserved, and and. Um, a little more careful right. uh, when he talked about his father. And uh, you could tell that many times when he was talking about, he was talking about his mother, but he never mentioned his mother. I don't think he did, maybe. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, right. But but it wasn't like when he was like, well, my father knows, but my father's been in this situation, but he never really 
explain what he meant, but clearly he meant, you know, his father and Diana and everything they went through. Well, I mean, I think not just that, but his father's just anybody in the family, any especially the high ranking members of the family, have been savaged in the press at one time right, or another. Right, They've right. all been through it. And I do think Harry and Meghan did a really good job of getting that point across last night, which was that the family wasn't unsympathetic. In fact, they were highly sympathetic. However, the nature of the, of the family and the institution meant that they thought that they were just supposed to put up with it. And as Megan noted in a, I think it was a bonus clip that was put out on CBS this morning, because they were releasing a lot of bonus clips, where she brought up um, Kate, uh, Wady Katie and the way that Kate was savaged in the press uh, in the early years of uh-huh. her courtship and then marriage. And... She made a really good point. She said, yes, it's true. Kate went through all of that. But rudeness is not the same thing as racism. Right. There's a difference when it has all of this racist undertones to it. And when the, the, that feeds a fever pitch of... It's one thing to set, call Kate Wady Katie and to sort of make fun of her mother for being a you know, former flight attendant. It's another thing to say that um, you know, Megan's uh, love of avocados is, is endorsing death and causing drought. You know, it's the fever pitch of that racism caused all of those articles to just reach a level that other members of the family were not subjected right, right, to. Right. No, I, I agree. I mean, it's, it's everything that's happening. A lot of, a lot of it, I wouldn't say everything, but a lot of it is happening because it's Megan. It's what, it's, it's what she is, you know, what she represents. They just, right. they just hate all that. Um, and yes, the family, you know, They've they've put up with a lot of things. Um, uh, they've and, learned nothing. They learn nothing, and they think they can just you know move on. Right. They, they, it's just part of the job that you have to put up with it. So that's why they're all miserable. Right. Uh, and and they think that you know that's something that they have to do. They're they're meant to do, and they keep on going. But when you bring someone from outside like Megan, then it's different because. It gets to a point that she questions, you know, why would I keep going on with this? Right. You know, and right. why? And unlike, um, say, you know, that is a family that, boy, they really do not learn. They do not roll with the punches. They do not change with the times. Um, the the fact that this history repeats itself so often. Right. With members of the family who cannot conform get turning, you know, being just savaged in the press. Um, I mean, it happened to Princess Margaret. It happened to um, Princess Anne, actually. It happened to Diana. It happened to Catherine for a certain period of time. It happened to Sarah. It's especially the women that marry into the family. They really, really get raked over the coals. And they never seem to learn from it. The fact that they gave her no training on etiquette or protocol. and I mean, surprising. I will say this. This is one of those things where I think Harry and Meghan, in in their image craft, are both are, are aware of two things, and it it, it they would slightly dance around it at times to the point where um, uh, Oprah picked up on it, but uh, several times and mentioned it. They are aware of how um, everyone knows about Diana's interview, right? the famous interview, mm-hmm. and they are aware that there would be comparisons made. So they actually made those comparisons themselves. They're also aware of um, the crown and right. how people's perception of his family is now largely, especially Americans' perceptions of his family, is now largely colored by the crown. 
and the the last episode, which I mean, the last season, which just and aired, you know, two three months ago, right, was met with a lot of controversy. The palace put pushed back on it and everything. So they were both extremely aware of these things and how they framed it, and it was right. very very smart because it allowed the audience to make connections without them coming right out and saying it. So. What I'm saying is when Megan talked about no one taught me protocol, I was alone for four months in a palace and they left me. I'm like, yeah, she's aware that everyone's going to draw immediate uh, references to the crown right, because right. these were literal scenes in the last season of the crown. I'm, I'm, I'm actually very surprised that they didn't train her or they, um, that I, they didn't prepare her. In retrospect, her. wasn't it obvious? We covered her at the time and it was obvious she was scared and didn't know what she was doing. Yeah, but I, I find that... <clears throat> Yeah, horrible. I mean, how can you not have someone how can you to not? Uh, have someone to help her? Uh, you know, like when she said she went to church and she had to memorize the hymns and everything, the, hymns and the everything national anthem, so Isn't that, that she wouldn't look, you know, stupid. It, it's horrible. I can't believe that you, you wouldn't have someone. Well, here's know, what I think them, about that. To help um, of course, and which is not meant to minimize the uh, the racism that underlies a lot of the stuff that they were subjected to, and there is, a, 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 I believe, very much so racism in the. In the assumption that we're just, we don't need to train this, right? You know, whatever. She's on her own. But and I do think this is where a lot of Harry's anger comes from. It has to do with how insignificant his role is, right? Um, Kate came in and they had a trainer because she was going to be the Queen of England and da, 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 and they didn't want a second Diana and she was, you know, she was on track for the throne. That's not changing. Harry's not, and his wife isn't either. And this was part of his frustration in the last few years was that he was expected all of the duties and bullshit of being a senior royal without any of the benefits. Right. Um, this was why they uh, weren't going to give him security and why they weren't going to name his son a prince. Um, because you're not in line uh, and there's no need for you to be treated. Right. Uh, you know, William gets treated a certain way. And this is the story of the family. Margaret spent her entire right. freaking life. Right. Dysfunctional, angry, alcoholic because she was the second one. And she was expected to put up with all of this bullshit. Right. And get no reward for it. And Harry knows this. Why? Why? Who is the second son in, in his father? It's Andrew. Look at how that fucking asshole turned right. out. Like, there's no way Harry wants to do this. He wants, you know. Right, right. No, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, it's interesting because he talks about, like, being trapped, and, and then he felt like he, she, she sort of helped him um, see where, you know, where he was and, and what kind of situation he was in. Because sometimes, you know, when, when you literally born into it, uh, you, you don't even understand completely or, or see entirely what, what you go through, what you've been through, and... You know, she thought of like when she showed up and, you know, and when she became part of the family, he, I guess she, he started seeing, as he said, you know, certain things happening to her. And then that's when he realized that, all right, this is getting out of control here. Um, and it, it, it's true because you, you've been with the family for so long, you know, you've been part of the family for so long that you can kind of forget how bad it is, and then you have a wife from another country, you know, a, a, a black woman, an actress, and, and you name it. Uh, an all American. The, yeah, it's an American. Woman. Yeah, all the things that, you know, they're going to talk about, then things get really bad. I have to confess that I thought things were going to be bad for her, but I didn't think it was going to be this bad. No, I don't think people thought it was going to be as bad yeah. as it was. Um, she is... 
not that naive to have right, it right. did catch everybody off guard um and it's notable how they and this is what i mean about media training and how cohesive their message is at the moment um <laughs> I, I wish you all could see what our cats are doing and the what we have to go through in order to record while there are three We're cats. Have to do this in the, in the bathroom. <laughs> They'll all be scratching at the door and howling if we close the bathroom door and I talk know. in there. <laughs> oh my God. We need to sedate them every week. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> it's a cat. You go can ahead. hear my computer? Yeah, Is that it? Okay, sorry. Um, I completely lost my train of thought. Okay, media training and how slick their messaging is and the ways in which they uh, would drop information but withhold information at the same time. Like, for instance, the whole thing about the member of the family that speculated on the color of the baby's skin. That is a bomb drop. That is something Oprah's jaw dropped open when it came out. But it was masterfully done because uh, Megan and Harry both said, we're not going to say who said it. It's very damaging to them. That mm-hmm. is a threat. That is a barely implied threat that they could come out and name who this person mm-hmm. was. And clearly, this whoever it was, it's very damaging to like it wouldn't be Princess Michael of Kent, the one you know, the one that wore the the Blackamoor brooch to. It wouldn't be some peripheral member of the right, family. Right. We're talking. I, I mean, I said last night. I was like, "Aren't we all thinking it's Philip?" Because he has a long history of saying stuff just Horrible like things, that. Yeah. But um, Harry came out with a statement through Oprah this morning that it was neither of his grandparents that said it. It's very clear either Charles or William said it. Right. The future monarch of of the UK was speculating about the color of uh, you know the right, right. So they are putting that information out there to establish, yeah, this family's really fucked up. Also, we could tell you who said this, and I mean that's the part that's so masterful. Um, The way she talked about hate which i have to admit i found a little devious and no one else seems to i know am i the only one who who thought about like um well she's really threading a needle here where it's like oh yeah she's a very she's a good woman she's a good person however however however, she's the bitch who made me cry the day before my wedding and then let the press lie about i i in my opinion she could have skipped that part i think well, again, I think everything was very meticulous right, here. Right, right. I think she wanted it out. Right, right. Um, but I do not agree with the the um, the sort of after the game analysis that where people are saying, "Well, she really, you know, she, you can tell she didn't want to hurt Kate." But I'm like, really? Because I really thought that was a pretty right. Regina George style backhand. Right. Where and she what said, I said, like- you know, she's nice and everything, but she's a lying bitch who made me cry before my wedding. Like what I what- didn't like about it is that. She denied making her cry, and then went ahead and said, "No, she's the one who made who made me cry." Um, oh, but I'm, she apologized. Okay. The thing is that you drop a bomb like that, and you don't explain anything. So I thought that that's the part that I didn't like. She I sort mean, of danced I, around it by saying, "You know, high ten." And I mean, she's right. I've seen all four of my sisters get married, and I'm pretty sure there were tears in all four cases the week of the wedding. You know, brides go through a lot. Uh, and their bridesmaids, you know, there's a lot right, of high right. tension. So I get it. And I think she was trying to make it sound like that. And I was, but 
You're not naive, but Megan. That's not, You're yeah, talking about the Duchess yeah. of Cambridge here. Like, this is a bombshell. No, no, it, it, that, that's not how it came across. Um, um, she pretty much said, I didn't do it, she did it. But and I then forgive, she let the press lie about it. But I forgive her. But I forgive her, and she wrote me a pretty note. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. It, Thank you, Regina George. You wrapped it nicely for you, but, you know, to get out of it. But, you know, then Kate now, that's going to be all this talk now. Right, Kate. right. Um, yeah, that part, I was like, mm, I don't know. Anyway, but I, I do like the way she talked about things in general, things that, you know, most people don't know, stuff that you go through, you know, on a right. daily basis and and um, I like that they got to uh, that they addressed wisely the financial aspect of right, their right. lives, the way they were cut off, the way they weren't planning on doing these big endorsement deals. But, you know, which I don't know. I don't know if I believe entirely. <laughs> um, uh, l- look, I'm not going to I'm not going to get angry at uh, celebrities for being wealthy. Otherwise, no. we'll be here all day. Right. But I believe, Harry, when he says uh, and this has come up before. I don't know if they've said it in the press or if it's been said about them. The amount of security they're going to need for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. is massive. It's yes. on the uh, level of former presidents. Right. And, that's and you know, that caught... And they have to fund that. There is no Secret Service. There mm-hmm. is no one, you know, providing this for them. And that is extremely expensive. So I do understand that. I do understand... Um, wanting to pursue deals that were going to allow them to have a life of safety, you know, as well as a right. life of comfort. It, like, I, I've compared Harry before to Jackie Kennedy in the sense that he is someone who has been walking around in the public eye, obviously with long-term uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and for the longest time, no one wanted to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jackie was the same way. Um that she, when you look back at Jackie's life, you're like, yeah, there was a woman who she was scarred for life, never ever got over that one moment, because why would she? And Jackie said when she married Onassis, she said, they're killing Kennedys in this country and I need some safety. She didn't think the Secret Service was enough, so she needed right, a right, really, right. really wealthy man to protect her. This was after Bobby Kennedy was killed. She, she married Onassis. Um And I never forgot that, because I'm like, yeah, you know, even the super wealthy, sometimes they they... They really need more wealth in right. order to feel secure. No, I, I have no problem with them pursuing other things and, and making millions of dollars or whatever. I mean, it's it's fine. I mean, you know, right. that's, that's what they want to do. And right. I, I don't see a problem with that at all. He kind of dropped like, oh, well, I, you know, I was left with my with the money that my mom Which left. again is well-crafted because... His mother did leave him money. What he left out of that was that the queen mother also left him money. Right. And I think he didn't want to admit that he was living off of that money because the queen mother would have been appalled by having him leave the family. And then he says, well, but my grandmother's always been there. I love her, blah, blah, blah. So they, they, they know They're exact- threading a needle. Oh, yeah. my God. They know exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. where the to put is, the no weight. matter what happens with their standing in the family, if he and William are dunzo or whatever... Uh-huh. They both have to show up for those funerals. Right. And those funerals are only a couple of years away. Like, there's no way Harry and Meghan aren't going to the Queen's funeral. They got to do all that stuff. They're, they're still part of the family. They're still part of the yeah. family. So when the ma- when his father gets his coronation, Harry and Meghan are going to have to be there. So they are threading a needle there. They cannot trash. And I don't, you know, whatever. Uh, clearly, that is one fucked up family. And I mean, I don't even know who can question that at this point. Right. But I do think for Harry, there is true affection for his family there. I don't think he wants to trash them right. completely. It, it, right. I, I, he said his brother and his father were trapped. 
and that he was allowed to get out and they weren't, which is a very... I can see that. A very humane way of looking at it, I right, think. It's right. perhaps a bit condescending to his father and his brother to speak for them that right, way. Right. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, he can get out, um, but his brother and his father can't. Um, you know, and they're they're fine. I mean, quote unquote, fine with whatever they have. They, right. You know, I don't think they are, but well, they're all miserable. You can they're tell. All I mean, they're people. all miserable people. Uh, and yeah, all that money, all that power, in a way, or they whatever. Yeah, it's it's not enough. They're they're still miserable. And the thing is that they understand they're all miserable, uh, and they're fine with it. They think that's what they're supposed right. to be. They kind of share the yeah the misery. It's our job to be miserable yeah. people in in palaces. That's our right. job. So when you when you get someone from another country showing up and saying, wait a minute. I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> I'm not doing this. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Especially a black woman. She's like, I'm not putting up with this. No uh, way. No, an American person and, you know, someone from another country. I think, I think, yeah, it, you can see the difference between Kate and, and, and Megan. And I don't mean just, I mean, like, they're from different countries, from different cultures. Right. It, it's not the same. Right. Um, so, of course, you're going to be horrified that, they're saying, "Well, we don't care about you both. We don't. We're not going to protect you. Uh, we question your son, right? <laughs> you know all that stuff." And they're like, "All right, what am I doing here?" Yeah, I um, I think that of course, and as is the way Americans are, are obviously reacting to this in a certain way, and it's not going to be the same way Britons are reacting to it, of course. And I right. would. And this has not yet aired. At the time of us recording it, um, most of Great Britain hasn't seen this. They may have seen clips of it on the news and stuff, but the actual interview was airing tonight in Great Britain. Um, and I'm sure, you know, it'll be controversial, and Meghan will have her detractors, and Meghan will have her supporters. But in America, at least, it's the discussion this morning is all about um, the end of the monarchy, taking down the monarchy, and listen, oh, folks. Come on. I've been through this. Uh, we all said the same thing. We said right. the same thing when Diana gave the interview. Exactly. And we said the same thing when Diana died. Mm -hmm. And the monarchy was over, and they were never going to survive it, and da, 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 and it's still here. At, I will say this, however, uh, in the 90s, when, when Diana was a threat to the monarchy, and she was, uh, it was a much more robust monarchy than it is now. Um, the queen is, you know... The Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh are more or less on their deathbeds. They're not. There's not that much time left for either one of them. Right. So part of the reason the monarchy survived Diana and all that tumult was that it just plowed forward and kept doing what it does and 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 being steadfast and all of that. Well, she can't do that anymore. There's only so much the Queen can do to salvage her own image because of her extreme age. And the same thing is true of Charles. There's not much. Charles can do like the public the British public has reached their limit of acceptance for Charles and it, there's always been a cap they've forgiven a lot right and they've accepted a lot but um I don't see how he overcomes this bad press uh again I don't feel that the monarchy is letting the monarchy is threatened by time the monarchy is threatened by the impending death of the longest monarch in English history um, right. Meghan and Harry might have something to do with its inevitable downfall because we said this a couple weeks ago that I really don't think it's going to last another 20 or 30 years. Like maybe, right. maybe William gets coronated after his father dies, but it's, it'll be so even more ceremonial than it is now. Um, 
And after Elizabeth dies, I guarantee the the holding, the land holdings and all that stuff, it's not going to be as sustainable as it was under her. Uh, they're going to have to let go of palaces and staff and all that. It's going to get so pared down once she's dead anyway. Um, and again, I think so much of this fuels, fuels, and I think um, they did a very good job of making it clear last night that uh, Harry's problems with the institution, with the with the family, with with the press and everything predate Meghan tremendously. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And that yeah. there are issues that have nothing to do with her, not least of which is his right. reduced status now that William has three children and Harry's that much further down the line in succession. So uh, it wasn't all about Megan, and I do think a lot of what fueled this this um, escape was knowing that uh, once Elizabeth was gone, he would be that much further trapped in a system that had right. no use for him. And, he would be the son of the monarch, right? And if you, if you see, I mean, you have to understand his position here. He's he's someone who uh, witnessed his father and his mother, you know, going through hell together and especially her going through hell with that family. And then she ended up dying. So, I mean, you have that image in your head. I mean, your mother died because of all of this, right? uh, Because of all this misery. So my wife is going through the same thing now, having thoughts of suicide, you know, like committing suicide and all that stuff. I mean, like that's serious stuff. Right. And, and you see someone, we didn't even talk about the suicide bombshell. You, you know, you see your wife, you're, you, you know, the, the person you love uh, going through this. Right. Um, so you're like, all right, uh, there's a limit here, you mm-hmm. know. I mean, th- that's enough. And then if you already have, you know, if you're already thinking about leaving and doing other things, then, you know, then you go. Right. Um, you can't take that anymore. Uh, yeah, it was very surprising that she actually said that. Right. About being so pressured, so miserable, so... That she actually went to Harry, and Harry went to the family, that she right. was having thoughts. And the family treated like anything else, you know... Stiff upper lip. Allegedly, that they treated just like, all right, well, we all go through this. Right. Uh, <laughs> As usual. And I mean, this is, you know, 30 years ago, Diana was, you know, cutting herself and throwing herself right, down right, the stairs. Right. And they knew all of this. They were witness to some of it, and they still haven't learned a thing. There's always a sense that... They, you, you actually get criticized if you have feelings or if you go through stuff. You yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah. You, you, you know, like you, you're supposed to put up with everything. You, you're supposed to be stronger. Uh, that's the feeling I got, and and I think that's that's that her complaint. Um, based on the interview, I I don't think I think she she was shocked that it was worse than she thought, but I don't know. I could be wrong, but it it I got the sense that she was. Um, ready to put up with a lot, to put up with it. Right. Uh, but it got to a point that she couldn't. Right. Uh, what I'm trying to say here is that I think she was willing to do the work. Right. Uh, I do not get people who think that this was always her plan. No. That she was going to steal Harry away from all of the prestige that comes with being a member. Like, why would she do that? Why would she right. marry into the royal family and then convince her husband to leave that family like what what sort of plan is that and who does that like if I'm, she was I'm that gonna, grasping I'm, that right. much of a schemer she would be embracing everything about that family right, right. and all the prestige that comes with it right i mean the idea that okay i'm gonna marry him and then i'm gonna make him leave his family what? then i'm gonna steal him away to america and blah, yeah. blah, blah. i don't no. that clearly wasn't the plan for her no and if you know anything about him 
Um, he's always been interested in doing other things. Yeah, traveling. Hollywood Harry. I've always yeah, international Harry. Right. You know, traveling and and doing things around the world. And, right. You know, he's his mother's son. He's right. always been right. his mother's son, and I think last night sealed that. I think he embraced it. Actually, like I said, right. I think they both were aware that people were going to compare them to Diana, and were aware that people were going to remember the last season of The Crown. Right. Um, so I do think I have to say this because, uh, like I said, I'm not a fan of both, but I think they did a good job. I think they did a great job. Uh, I think she was honest enough to to say, "Look, this is what I'm going to say, uh, and and this is how I felt," and I think that's great of her that she was that honest about right. what she went through instead of like you know trying to protect them. Why when they are not protecting you or your son? Um, so I thought that was great, and I thought that, and I thought that was great that he was. You know, supporting her, right? Um, yeah, I he thought got, he came he got, off well. He did. He got a little defensive every now and then when when Oprah sort of attacked his family. But I I can understand. I have never seen a royal be submitted to some of right. the questions that she was right, putting right, out. Right, like right, I, it right. was briefly, I was sort of squirming a little bit, and then I was like, "No, you're actually supposed to be putting the powerful on absolutely, yeah, absolutely. on trial." So he should squirm a little bit because no one asks them these right, things, right? Um, it really was kind of crazy to watch Harry openly talk about the shit his mother went through or openly talk about racism in his own family. And or his father, his relationship with his father. Re- right or his relationship. Clearly, the William... They're not talking. No, and he's not talking to William either. Right. Um, it's no joke. They are really estranged. Um, and to think that she has anything to do with that, like, I'm sorry. But it's just based on what I know I read and watched and so on, it's it's typical of the family. They they blame you for not... For making them feel bad. Right. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. They blame you for not keeping up with the, with all right. the, 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 you know, right. the circus. Um, and then, you know... You're the you're the wrong person in here because right. you you know you you don't want to put up with this you don't want to keep going with this uh, charade um, you want you want to be free so you're the problem right uh, they do that all the time uh, they've they've done that with Diana and and they did that with Diana and they're doing that again yeah with, with it both is of them. just insane watching them. Uh, just make those same mistakes all over again. I don't know. I, I I don't like to bring the crown up all the time because I don't want people to have the idea that that's all I know about the family. But I never understood <laughs> why people are so interested in this family. Um, I was I've always I mean it historically yes I can understand, but it's just that they're all miserable. Right. They're right. All miserable. Right. Uh, Which is why I think once Elizabeth has gone, a lot of the. Uh, mystique surrounding the right. family because she is a singular historic figure that that actually is interesting by the nature of the length of her term. Right. But um, she's not an inherently interesting woman and she has the most uninteresting children and grandchildren you could possibly imagine. And like you said, they're all miserable. So they don't... I think Elizabeth, the monarchy has survived through this sort of sense of inertia. The longer she's in the role, right. the more her length becomes the point of her role. Um, and that's the reason why it hasn't been challenged in, in the modern day. It's because why would you challenge the longest running monarch of all time? Whatever. Right. Uh, when it's Charles and he gets his little 15-year reign and then drops dead, um, which he'll probably get to serve out his... But when William comes along and has to take that over, it's not going to be... 
It'll be a very no. different Great Britain, right. and it it just will be a very, very different role. So, I mean, history may say that this was some sort of turning point in the monarchy, this particular interview, mm-hmm. but I think that's overstating things because that whole thing's crumbling. It's literally a decade or two away from right. falling apart right. anyway. The thing is, Harry and Meghan, smart as they are, they know that. Right. So they got out, and they're trashing it on the way out the door so that when it all falls apart behind them, they won't be like William and Catherine are going to have to pick up their lives when they're like 60 years old and the monarchy right, right. is no more. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <clears throat> the gist of it. I mean, what I get from, from the whole thing is that they got married. She didn't realize how bad things were going to be, but, but she said, okay, I'll put up with it. Right. But then things got really, really bad. They got no support. Right. Quite the opposite. Uh, and then it got to a point they were like, okay, uh, I can't put up with this anymore. We yeah. we can't put up with this anymore. We're going to leave. And they hated it. They hated them for it. Um, and that's pretty much what's and going on. And I think on. given how much they were trashed in the press and how little they were allowed to respond to any of these stories, I, I honestly don't see anything bad about them turning to Oprah and asking for two hours to um, tell their version of it. Well, Oprah would be the person... <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I mean, if they Oprah got them a worldwide audience because she's Oprah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So it was. It was everything about it was smart and well handled. Right. I do hope I I return to what I said the last time we talked about them, and I hope we can go another month without talking about them at least. Um. I hope they just move forward. Right. I hope all of their future press is about their future plans and not rehashing all of this stuff as much as the palace. And the British press are going to, to vilify oh them. I yeah. really hope they just smile sweetly and right. move on to making their hundreds of millions right, of dollars. Right, right. Um, the best revenge is living well, and they're on their way. Just do it. Just put it all behind you. Well, it does look like they're happy here. Yes. They, they have a beautiful house and the dog and, and you know, the, the kids now and, and a second kid, a second child. Right. Uh, so yes, they're little, happy. Yeah. Little Diana, Serena, Doria, <laughs> Windsor. Mountbatten or whatever. I I don't think they would name that child. If I'll tell you what, if if they name that little girl Diana, that is the ultimate fuck you to his father. Oh my god, can you imagine? Like his father's gonna have to call his granddaughter Diana. <laughs> Camilla's gonna have to call her Diana. Oh my. I don't think they would do that though. Um uh, everyone jo- I joked about it last night, but I'm like, yeah, I don't I think that would be a little too Oh, I'm being signaled to shut up. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Now, well, to, no, we've, we've exhausted up, like this. To, to exhaust. There's yeah. cats all over the table ready to attack us. And uh, we've exhausted this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So let us know what you think about everything we said here. I usually do. And um, what you think about the interview. What you think right. about, did it change your mind on anything? Right. Did Was anything particularly shocking to you? Uh, so let's hear from you. Uh, until then, we will be back next week with anything that crosses our mind and cross, crosses our eyes and crosses our desks, uh, crosses our eyes and crosses our legs. Uh, I know. I'm a little punchy. And it's only Monday. Uh, until then, love you, mean it. Bye-bye. Bye.